everybody and welcome. This is the Mazao Talks podcast, which is a platform for both knowledge sharing and peer-to-peer exchange between small and medium-scale farmers across Kenya. We feature contributions by farmers, budding farmers, agri-food experts, as we drive discussions on good agricultural practices, as well as business opportunities that are readily available for the youth. This podcast is made possible by the European Union Funded Market Access Upgrade Program, MACAP, which is implemented by United Nations Industrial Development Organization, UNIDO, and is produced right here at Semabox. Yeah, so as we start, please remember to like, share, and subscribe on all our platforms. Our handle is at Markup Kenya on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook. For more information about any of the topics we discuss, please find us at markupkenya.org. My good name is Jason. I am Sheila. And no matter who you are, you, you can farm. This week, we are jumping into the world of passion, passion farming and the business of passion fruits. Now, to be honest, passion fruit farming has not been very widespread in Kenya, but the markup team's recent study in Uwasungishu, Bungoma, and Transoya counties has shown that this fruit actually has great potential for growth with a production potential of around, wait for it, 15,000 kilos, that's 15 tons per acre. This type of high production is, of course, is dependent on many things. For example, good planting techniques, the size of your land, access to irrigation systems, and access to quality seed. All these things can be extremely expensive to install for sure. But when you look at the potential of 15,000 kilos, 15 tons per acre at the price of 51 shillings per kilo, then you can see that the investment is worth it. Then there is the opportunity in the export market. If you can get yourselves organized and get the necessary certification to export to countries like the UK and the United Arab Emirates, where maybe you can fetch prices between 90 to 100 shillings per kilo. Wow. In fact, the latest numbers show that the passion fruit market demand is growing at a rate of about 19% and that the biggest emerging export market for passion fruits is in the Netherlands. So we spoke to a very exciting young gentleman by the name Edwin Rono. So here are some facts about Edwin. He is a farmer in Chepkonga area of Wasungishu County. He farms on about 12 acres, employs between 20 to 30 people depending on the season, harvests every two weeks, and the price is about 80 shillings in Eldoret at the moment. Get this, he doesn't own the land that he's on. He is currently on a three-year lease. What a wow. Take a listen. Ahujambo na asante sana kwa kutukaribisha hapa. Sasa naomba ujitambulishe kwa wasikilizaji na utuambi unafanya kazi gani. Mkulima Edwin, kipuko echirono. Mini mkulima wa Osingishu, Moiben, niko wati ya serikoete. Hii maneno ya hii kasi ya passion nimeanzaa mwaka tatu iliyoisha kwa sasa naona hii kasi si mbaya nimekuanga mkulima wa mahindi kwa hiyo muda yenye iliyopita nikafanya kasi ya mahindi nikaona haina faida yote 
nikaona aje nifanye kazi inalingana na mimi nikatembea kwa wakulima wenzangu nikaona chenye wanafanya nikaona wengine wameanza kazi ya passion nikaongea nao wakanijulisha mahali venye inapandwa nikakuja kuiangalia nikaanza kazi ya passion nikaanza kazi ya passion 2018 kwa sasa naona inafanya vizuri Ah asante sana Rono eh, unaona sasa majina yetu yani iko karibu ku, 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 iko sawa yani we ni Rono mimi ni Runo but anyway sasa niambie shamba yako unalima passion kwa eka ngapi Hii shamba peke yake hii ni yaka ine. lakini shamba yote ni yaka 12 ni shamba tofauti tofauti Ah ni vizuri kujua uko na mashamba tofauti tofauti na yote inakuja uh, kuwa yani 12 acres lakini ningetaka kujua hapa penye tuko sasa hivi hii mimea yako penye imefika how long has it taken ina hii imechukua hii imechukua sahe mwezi 12 kile mwaka moja haya sasa nieleze kazi unafanya kwa mkono ama are you using any type of machinery kuna yani vifaa ama machinery yote unatumia ah zingine ni mkono zingine ni machines na maji yenyewe mnanyunyuzia aje kuweka maji ni manual tu juu maji iko karibu tunaenda kutafuta maji na hii shida ya pests how do you handle pests tuna spray uh, tunashika ile mtunge ya napsak ya 20 liter unapata kila kijana inaipepa moja moja unaweza kuwa na vijana wanane hiyo kasi inaisha ni kasi around 4 uh, hours toka imesha na hii dawa ya passion ya kunyunyizia huwa mnatoa wapi uh, madawa ni mingi na walimu ni wengi sasa chenye unafanya unatumia una dawa kulingana na experience yenye uko nayo. Uweze ku dawa iwezi ingia na utumie ovyo unasaleta hasara kwa shamba. Hmm. Sasa ulituelezea uh, size ya shamba, yani eka nne nne, yani tofauti tofauti yote inakuja 12 acres. Lakini kitu atuku kitu sikuuliza ni kwamba shamba ni yako ama umelis? Nimelis. Shamba yaka moja ni ni 15,000 ukifanya hizo maeka 12 hiyo ndio bei. Haya ukishavuna hii matunda ya passion unauza kwa soko ama una export uh, yani market kwa wewe mwenyewe unauza wapi? Yetu hapa wenye wanakuja kuinunua matunda na wako na bei mzuri eh, ni watu wa kutoka Uganda. Haya Uganda? Yeah. Ah watu wa Uganda ulitwana wapi nao? <laughs> Mimi nilipatanga hawa nikiasaka kazi <laughs> walikuwa eh, Unajua hii kazi ukitengeneza uki, uki vitu ikuwe mzuri utapata soko. Eh, utapata soko. Na ningetaka kujua kuna wanawake wote ambao wana pia wenye wanalima passion fruit. Ah, uh, mama ama wasichana hakuna. Hii kazi ni wanaume. Wasichana mm. eh, ngaje ni kazi ya wanaume lakini nafikiri ni wamama ndio wachependa sana kufanya hii kazi. Hmm. Waka ndio wamama au ndio wanajua sasa. <laughs> Wanaelewa. So nimeona uko na wafanyikazi. Hebu nielezee uko na wafanyikazi wangapi na wangapi ni wanawake? Kwanza na mama kumi Periwika alafu wanaume ni kumi Wa wale wengine wenye wako nasari ni watano So niko na wafanyikazi 25 wenye tuliongea nao. Sasa niulize for advice. What advice unaweza patia mtu yote ambaye anataka kufanya ukulima wa passion fruits? Uh, unaona eh, wakulima wenye wanataka wajianze ingekuwa vizuri eh, wakujange kwa shamba ni wafundishe so that wakianza wanaanza vitu wenye wanaielewa
lakini kwa sasa sina wenye wametaka kuanza kazi so one other exciting person that we met was Paul Chekin Paul is a agricultural ward officer from Wasungishu County and his excitement and just wanting to help the young farmers is so palpable and he's one thing that he says that he provides the software but the young farmers provide the hardware have a listen kama jina na hivyo Paul Kechepkien mimi ni ward agricultural officer Sergoit ward Mwiben sub county Uh, Paul, it's nice to meet you, and uh, I just wanted to get right into it. Tell me about how your work as a county officer supports the farmers. Basically, this is what the county uatunafanya kwa training, extension services, to determine diseases na nini, na kuambia e jinsi ya kushukulikia hiyo magunjo. This is software tu kufundisha yetu. Ah na unaweza sema what has been the impact of passion fruit especially on the youth? Yo yo impact very positively. Kwa sababu vijana sahi hapa huwezi kupata kama ungekuja Friday ungepata vijana wako hapa karibu 30 wanavuna. Na sahi wengine wamepanda lakini pesa iko. Inaweza toa hiyo mambo ya drugs kwa barabara. So kwa hii area unaweza pata kama 200 ama kwa hii mashamba kama ya huyu iko rafiki yake mwingine yako na eka sita kwa hii area yote kuna karibu 120 acres wenye watu wamepanda so you can estimate kama ni watu kumi pa plot wenye wanavuna times 300 you know economy ngapi karibu 300000 inaenda inaenda kwa siku And now we are joined by a gentleman from FPIC. Uh FPIC is a Fresh Produce Exporters Association of Kenya. Please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Okay, thank you for having me. Um my name is Patrice Ganga. Um as you've said I work with FPIC Fresh Produce Exporters Association of Kenya. Um uh, I am a standards technical standards and compliance officer and uh, what we normally do at FPIC Uh, we have lobbying and advocacy this is where we engage government the markets and um, the development partners to basically try and create a good business environment for the horticulture subsector uh, we also do capacity building uh, this is training so we do a number of trainings um, ranging from production all the way up to issues to do with standards um food uh, food uh, food safety management systems uh basically name it or any training need that you have and then uh, we are the people that can assist you to benefit, get the training uh, we also assist uh, people in the horticulture sector to comply to the different standards so we help them set up a compliance systems for their their uh, production areas uh, so that they can achieve um exporting to the different markets and finally what we do is market information we try to tell the market what we can produce as a country and also tell our ex- members our exporters that um that uh, what the market actually needs from them we actually also connect farmers to exporters and exporters to farmers alike so we try and uh, make sure that you have a definite market to supply your produce 
Um, currently, we have two levels of memberships, uh, one being ordinary. These are the exporters themselves. And then the other level is um, affiliate membership, which are service providers for the export subsector. Yes, so in a nutshell, that is who FPK is. And uh, we are quite old, actually, because uh, we've uh, been around since 1975. And uh, we currently have a membership of around uh, maybe around 200. The number, the figure keeps changing because we always have new people coming on board. So one of the things that we've had from farmers, uh, from farmers, exporters, and a lot of people in the value chain, especially those who are dealing with export, is certification. Please tell us about certification and more specifically about GAP certification. Um, okay, Global GAP is one of the market standards that we have that we the market acts, asks the exporters to implement for them to be able to export to, to them. So the, the most stringent market we have is uh, the EU and UK. And uh, basically, you just don't sell to them. We usually give you requirements which you have to follow so that you are able your produce can be marketable on the other side so global gap is just one of the standards that is asked of us to implement be, before we export the produce to them so it's a system that doesn't really look at the product it looks at how you are actually producing the various uh, depending on what you're doing so mostly it's um, the, the produce that we do for export as a country is we have French beans, we have avocados, we have passion fruits, we have broccoli. Um, I would say that the, the herbs and spices, things that we call exotic, uh, things like basil, uh, snow peas, sugar snaps, quite a number of things that we export. So the the, the standards helps you to produce this produce uh, in uh, in the right way in what you want um, it look basically looks at uh, you taking care of the people uh, this means the people that you are using to produce need to be taken care of if they are using any chemicals you need to train them you need to provide the uh, necessary equipment that they need as they use the chemicals um, uh, if you're housing them, you need to be in a decent house, uh, decent shelter. And uh, it also looks at where you're producing. So uh, where is your farm located? Is it near a pollution source? Is it near a dam site? Is it in the best place possible? Uh, the other thing that we look at is um, what are you using to produce? If it is water, is it clean? Is it from a sustainable source? So you're supposed to not destroy the environment as you try to do your farming. So basically, Global Gap ensures that you take care of your farm, your uh, environment, and the people that are actually producing. And um, Global Gap actually means global good agricultural practices. Um, they are, these are practices that uh, uh, accepted world over to be good practices that can help you achieve sustainable agriculture. I would go on for the whole day about it, <laughs> but in a nutshell, that is what it addresses. The system is basically 
uh, you have procedures, you have uh, instructions, you have records that you have to fill in, uh, real-time records actually. And um, once you do all that, you do something that we call an internal audit. This is where you check your system, check whether it is actually working, check on the gaps that are available uh, in, in, your, in your system so that you can be able to close them. And then secondly, once you do the internal audit and you feel like you're ready now, now you can book for an audit. We have a number of certification bodies which do global gap audits. Um, I think there are around 10 or thereabout, which actually help uh, do the certification audit. So once the auditor comes in, the first thing that they look at is uh, your internal audit report. They check whether you did the internal audit and what you found to be the issues and what you did to correct the issues. And then, um, then they go through your system, they check a uh, number of records, they check your instructions, they check the policies that you have, which actually declare that you are willing to do the right thing when it comes to production. And then uh, after they've done the report, uh, now they decide, the auditor now decides whether if you're okay to be certified or not, or what you need to correct before you are certified. They are not there to to look for mistakes because they are there to help your system work well. So you can get the certification on two levels. One, we call it option one. Option one means that you're basically certifying a pharma group. Uh, no, not a pharma group. You're certifying a single farm. Uh, this is one maybe farm which is quite big. So you do option one. Then option two is you're certifying a pharma group. Uh, this is where you have a, you develop a quality management system, uh, assuming that you have around 20 farmers in that group. So every farmer follows the quality management system. So it basically guarantees that all of them are doing the right thing. So on, in option two, which is a bit hectic because now you see you're preparing 20 people to be the same and it's not easy because we know that sometimes humans can become complicated. So what the auditor will do, they'll come and check the quality management system and then they take a square root of the total number of farmers in the group randomly and then randomly visit the farm to also see what is happening in the farm. So in both cases, you have to look at the documentation aspect of it and then you have to physically visit the farm. So. Once someone gets certified, what must they do to maintain that certification? You know, it's basically do the right thing because Global Gap in itself, it's a whole checklist which has uh, something that we call control points and then another section that gives the compliance criteria. So Global Gap tells you what you need to do. So it is up to you as the person implementing it to make sure that you are working within the rules that Global Gap has provided to you. And uh, they are not cast on stone. You are allowed to tweak them a bit to fit in your situation. Because uh, if uh, so a, a while ago, because Global Gap, when it came in, for example, it used to say that you need to have a toilet that is flushable. 
but we were able to talk to them and show them that we can actually have a pit latrine, which is clean and you provide water for washing hands. And uh, that also qualifies as a, you have a facility. So different scenarios, different uh, approaches, because as we know, Kenya is a diverse land. There are people on different economic levels. So we are not pushing people to all be in the same level, but make work with what they have at their disposal to make sure. So what you need to do actually is now you follow what it says and uh, be truthful to yourself and have integrity to not compromise the system just to fit in. So it's it's mostly about you doing, if it's records, fill them uh, uh, as you move along, follow the instructions that you develop, follow the procedures that you developed and don't do anything to compromise the system. Because uh, once you compromise the system, um, uh, the food that you want to export might be compromised and that is what we to make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, okay, one of the things that we've come across is, especially when we talk to passion fruit farmers, is phytosanitary. Please explain to us about this. Um, phytosanitary uh, is not as complicated as the name sounds. <laughs> it's basically plant health. Um, you're not allowed to export pests, especially, uh, to the outside markets. So if you have a pest here in Kenya, you should uh, not export it to maybe the UAE, the UK, and uh, the different destinations. So what phytosanitary means is, in simple terms, is plant health. Having produce that is not infested with pests and also not infested with diseases. So basically, that is what phytosanitary means. Depending on your destination market, uh, different requirements uh, are given by different markets. So, but basically what you normally do, you need to take care of your land, you need to do soil testing so that you know the feeding regime that you require for your crop. You also need to get a, a sustainable source of water and the water also needs to be tested to make sure that it does not contain any contaminants. And um, the other thing, you, uh, passion fruit is quite labor intensive because you need to keep pruning the, the shoots. So you, you need a, a formidable labor force, which will is, is up to the task of ensuring that your orchard does not turn out to be a bush. Because, uh, you know, passion fruit is almost like a wild fruit. I'm pretty sure you've also seen passion fruit um, uh, in some farms, which is basically a fence. And uh, once you let the bush to grow, it hosts the pests that we want to control and uh, some other category of pests that we fear, uh, like rodents and uh, snakes. So the passion fruit is quite labor intensive. Once you have the basics of running that farm, now the market now tells you what you need to do. Um, let's say if you're using any chemicals, 
uh, they give you a list of the molecules that you are supposed to use because they don't want some molecules in their markets. And then the other thing, uh, you need to get somebody to give you the technical advice that you need. Assuming I want to start passion fruit farming today, what is the most important thing or advice you would give to someone who wants to start? Uh, start with the market. See what the market requires. See if it is a variety, a particular variety that the market wants. You need to understand what that market needs. And then you can work, now you work backwards from the market because that also guides you on the products that you need, the, the, the volumes that you need to produce. Because um, the mistake that people do, they start growing things and then all, or at harvesting or almost harvesting is when they are looking for the market. You see, these are perishable goods. So what happens, you lose the bargaining power you either get a bad price or you don't get the market at all because you have to get rid of this thing because if you the longer you stay with it the quality goes down and everything works against you so the market is very crucial we normally say anzia sokoni once you know what the market wants you can be able to deliver to the market um, farmers, uh, once you're, if you're willing to go to the export market, it's not as difficult as people say. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite straightforward because uh, if you're not able to export yourself, so that means you need to get an exporter who you'll be selling to, and that exporter now guides you on the production. Mm -hmm. Farmers should also embrace the aspect of forming production groups because this makes it easier even for the exporters to come collect the produce mm -hmm. and also for the farmers to get their advice. Because imagine if you're dealing with, in a village, you're dealing with individual farmers. So you have to visit every single farmer and guide them. But if, we, if they're in a group, it's quite easy because even mobilizing them is easy. And then during uh, collection, it's also easy for you because now everybody knows that this is the day that produce is coming to be collected. So everybody has harvested on that particular day. So for you, we are produced to get to the market. You'll need, yeah, it's easier because a truck will come and it will be full because everybody is now ready to go to the market. Exporters normally provide the technical support and uh, they also coordinate on the harvesting and uh, such like logistical issues so that it's also not uh, too expensive for them to collect produce because you can drive all the way to Eldoret and then you get two crates of passion fruits, for example. You see, that's not even viable economically. But if you're sure that you have a farmer group that will fill at least a pickup or a truck, See, that's an incentive for you to drive all the way. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Patrice, for your time and everything. And uh, I just wanted to ask a final question. If anyone wants to get in touch with FPIC, how can they do that? Basically, we are willing to assist the farmers. They can visit our offices at uh, Westlands, uh, New Rayama House, Raptor, that's on Raptor Road, fourth floor.
They're available to assist with information and also training. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on this uh, episode. And I really hope you've enjoyed yourself. I hope you've learned a lot like I have. And I hope we've ignited a passion for passion. See what I did there? <laughs> this podcast is made possible by the European Union Funded Market Access Upgrade Program, Markup, which is implemented by United Nations Industrial Development Organization, UNIDO, and is produced right here at Semabox. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe on all our platforms. Our handle is at Markup Kenya on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook. For more information about any of the topics we discuss, please find us at markupkenya.org. My good name is Jason. I am Sheila. And no matter who you are, you, you can, can farm. farm.